Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. Man, we really are excited that you guys are actually following up with this on the second episode, uh, which is today for Passover. What a blessed and glorious day as we remember Jesus' sacrifice, his death, his resurrection, as it's Resurrection Sunday, but above all, his timeless victory, which has already begun since time immemorial and will continue into what we know as the future for time forever without Finn. Guys, since today is Palm Sunday, we just we decided to break this up into two episodes and really let you guys digest the information. Today, we're going to actually start with a reading from Isaiah, which was at the end of the previous podcast. Uh, Shelly balls like a baby in a good way, um, because what we're reading is truly, truly life-changing and really does set the standard for everything going forward and everything in the past. We realize and recognize that our Savior was the one that had everything predestined from the very moment he spoke, even before that, until the final trumpet sounds and we go home and it's all over. We just wanted to shed this, uh, break it up a little bit into two parts. And so we did the one on the 7th and now today on the 9th. We really appreciate you guys tuning in once again. And like I had said last time, you will begin to see us if we have uh, an episode that's too long. We're going to start to break it up into about an hour segments. So you should be seeing us once a week after this going forward. Um, unless we have a shorter episode, which uh, if you know us is unlikely. <laughs> well, God bless. We love you guys. Shalom and Maranatha. Jesus allows himself to be taken and <laughs> Isaiah oops. Yeah. 53 seven. <laughs> Isaiah tells us that like a lamb he was led to the slaughter and he did not oh man let's just read all of <laughs> all of Isaiah 53 the forbidden the forbidden chapter because because it's beautiful and if we have any Jews who don't believe in the room this this just might really blow your mind and change it I love that the reaction by by Jews that don't read this this uh this chapter is that they think it sounds like the New Testament. I love that. Right. Mm -hmm. Man. Um, it's a short chapter. I'm going to try to get through it without being a total crybaby. But this one, man, it hits me. Oh, it hits me in my heart so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, do I actually have to go back a little bit to, to 52? Um, I'm just going to go back to 52 verse 13. Um, mm. The suffering, yeah, the suffering of the <laughs> servant. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. And there are many who, 
who we equate being put up on the cross as being lifted up. He was lifted up on the cross. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. He didn't look like a person anymore. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall cut their mouths, shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them they see, and that which they have not heard they understand. Who has believed what he has heard from us, and who has the arm of the Lord, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. Sorry, guys. <laughs> he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. And he was pierced for our transgressions. And he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. And we like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone to his own ways. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before it shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, living, stricken for the transgressions of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him and to put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, Make many to be accounted. Hmm. To be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul to death. And was numbered with the, tra the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Transgressors, I can't even say the word. 
asking him, my goodness, <clears throat> if you can read that <laughs> without bawling like a baby, who who's that to you? <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. That is the most beautiful of all the scriptures. There's that sheep again, led away to the slaughter. And when the lion is shown in heaven, this, that's, that's what is seen. Um, a slain lamb. <laughs> the slain lamb. <laughs> um, I thought I would only cry in Revelation, but I hadn't planned on reading all, all of Isaiah 53. <laughs> It is so beautiful for it's... us. Man, he made the many righteous. Because, always... <laughs> let me say this real quick, Rick, and no, you can do, have do, it do, for do. a little bit. No, you're for good. The, for, for the joy set before him, Christ endured all of that. He endured the cross. And you know what that joy is? The joy is the thought of us accepting him, of you accepting him, accepting that sacrifice and that righteousness so that he can be with you because he wants heaven with you enough that he was willing to bear all of that and to call it joy, not because he's a sadist, but because that's what love looks like you guys can't see me but obviously Isaiah 53 is on my screen because I'd brag if I could quote that scripture <laughs> from start to finish it's it's so emotional here I don't know that my brain could get it very well uh go Rick <laughs> no yeah um, it's kind of hard to leave after that uh, I, uh, you're, you're welcome yeah thanks he says here's the stage here's the stage break a leg um, I think for me what what's so what always impacts me the most is certainly these words um it's impossible for them not to. I imagine if it doesn't um, wrench your heart, it infuriates you. I yeah. don't think there's room for anything in between. Um, I'm, I'm just drawn back to, to the, to that phrase that I said at the beginning. There's a lot of things I'm drawn to, but the one that comes to mind is that Isaiah being in the state he was, before God, where there was still this uh, brass heaven almost, right, between the connection that that, that we wanted to have with God. Um, he, he just felt this, he was inspired so, so powerfully by the Holy Spirit um, to be able to write this, um, to be able to take it down, to be able to, to dictate it. Can you imagine um, seeing that? I can't. Uh, I really can't. And and if I remember right, Isaiah was a young guy when he, when when 
this when he received this a lot of this stuff um Man. he was a very young prophet and it's kind of i mean for us here like we've already we've already lived this right i mean this this already happened and we know that it happened we've seen but, the movies we've seen the movies right yeah we, we bought popcorn for the show um just convicts my heart. <laughs> popcorn for the show. God, that's man. Jesus would have been turning over all sorts of tables if he were here, um, physically, because we we treat we treat his timeless sacrifice like a cheap like a cheap you know ticket to a to a carnival ride. Um, but the truth is, is that when Isaiah wrote this and he watched this happen, he had seen it happen and he was talking about a future event. He was talking about a future event in the past. And that is crazy. Um, <laughs> you don't get to, I mean, my pastor was the one that has pointed that out multiple times. And I think it's, I think it's brilliant. I think it's beautiful. Um, what better way for, for God to show that he is a timeless person. Um, omnipotent being than by pointing out what he had laid from the foundation of the world mm -hmm. before the foundation of the world, you know, like he hadn't even made any lambs yet. And, you know, <laughs> he already knew exactly what he was going to do before the serpent came on the scene before, before there was an angelic race, before we were even in the works, like he already knew what he was going to, can you can you this guys I, I don't know B. this isn't plan b this is i know been the plan all along can you guys imagine <sighs> making something no know, knowing you're gonna wreck it to put it back together and suffer to put it back together and, and do it out of the goodness of your heart and joy i mean that call it joy and call it joy yeah 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 that's that's uh i guess not as good a segue as I'm going to get. <laughs> good um, luck. Didn't plow on. You know what I was really thinking about when you were reading that shell and about Jesus coming to earth and about him planning to come to earth. What a sojourning that was. Like you ever get to like, you ever have a hard day of work, like, like a <laughs> physical labor and like, it feels good. You're tired, but you're, you get home or you go to wherever you have to be. And you're like, there's still a, crap load of stuff to do like i still have to go do all this crap and i'm exhausted mm -hmm. like i can only imagine that that's how jesus's physical life on earth was he was like okay well now i'm gonna die like i'm gonna start this ministry which is brutal go get um, the cult go get the cult because now i'm gonna i i i, yeah. I gotta be some i i gotta be somewhere in a week and and check this out so now that i've suffered been flayed to death, hung on a cross and Whew. had splinters ripping my back and 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 people like ridiculing me relent. I mean, like all of all and and besides the social and physical criticism, he bore our transgressions. Ooh. On top of that, um, I I remember hearing someone once say that because Christ could not have he he could not have withstood the physical destruction on his body god god had to keep him alive for him to bear everything 
for the time that he did. So he had to be kept alive to keep suffering for us. After all that, Christ goes to hell. So I'm going to talk about that real quick. I'm going to read from First Peter. And this guy is not only is it beautiful what God, what Jesus did, but then we get to like these weird verses and you're like, wait, what in the world? So from verse 18, this is first Peter three. I'm going to start from 18 and go through 20 for Christ also suffered once for sins. We had a pretty clear depiction of that. Um, The righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit uppercase spirit talking about the holy spirit after being made alive he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits to those who were disobedient long ago when god waited patiently in the days of noah while the ark was being built in it only a few people eight in all were saved through water and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also I'm not going to keep going with it. I'm just going to kind of stick right there to the to, to verse 20. So, <clears throat> man, there's a lot to unpack here, but I'm going to do my best. Um, the, where is it here? The creed. So, Nearly 2,000 years of Christian tradition and scriptural references to 1 Peter 3, 19 and 20 make the case of the following. There's actually like a confession. The Apostles' Creed, that is back in about 200 years after Jesus Ooh, had that, died. That's part of the Didache. Yep. Uh, an earlier version of the Apostles' Creed, the inter- interrogatory creed of uh, Hippolytus from about 2015. So this is this is a crazy thing, man. Um, I'm just going to read it real quick. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, or he descended into hell, or Hades, depending on the translation. Now, that's just kind of an excerpt so you guys understand. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Now, the weird thing here, so that's that is what apostolically was believed and and professed. Now, there's there's just no way I can avoid this next part. Like it was, we've been talking to you guys a lot. It it yes. wasn't like oh, we wrote this regularly. We wrote this letter and we sent it out to everybody, and that was that. This was something that that they reminded each other frequently. Just like yeah. every year they participated in Pesach, they yep. uh, they constantly talked about this. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven, maker of earth, and in Jesus Christ, <laughs> his only begotten son, our Lord. Mm-hmm. That was their creed. Yeah. That was that was I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. <laughs> Except it was said with with feeling not with rote yeah Jeez. so that was the idea right um there's no way i can avoid talking about this part i'm just gonna have to get into it shall i'm gonna have to like we just you can't dance around the bush forever so do it 
when God descends into hell, this is the stuff you guys have been waiting to hear about, right? So here it is, laying it out for you. <laughs> we have some context says that God goes down and speaks to the imprisoned spirits. That is super weird. Now, if we go over to talking about the same concept, if we go to Ephesians 4, starting from verse 7 through 10, pretty short. Paul is talking about how we can serve God appropriately, how we can love him, how we can this, that, blah, 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 blah. Okay. He says in chapter, in verse seven of chapter four, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Okay. Hold that thought. This is why it says when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people or his men in some other translations. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions or hell, Tartarus in Greek? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Now, if you're not like, what in the world is that? Then I don't know. Like, I, I don't even know what to do with that. Like. I mean, I do. We're going to talk about it, but it's <laughs> super, super weird. So I looked up some commentary on First Peter, verse twenty. Okay, um, as and, you do. <laughs> yeah, as I do, because good night. I mean, what are we even doing if we're not like trying to figure this out? These obscure. Right. I, I'm going to go with what Shell said. I don't know if you said this in the podcast, but um, I we're, we. I I, I'll take Michael Heiser's lead. And he says, if there's something weird in the Bible, you need to, it's important. You need to go look it up. Um, yep. So that's what we're doing. We're looking up some weird stuff in the Bible. Um, it, it's interesting to me that in First Peter, verse 20, it says, let me read it one more time real quick. So you guys don't hate me. So I have some context for you. I'm just giving you guys some ideas about everything that went on. So Christ descends to hell. He preaches or proclaims to these individuals. And then takes a cohort of individuals, captives, uh, up to heaven. And then to his own men, to his own people, he gives gifts. Okay? So, so far, so good. That's that's what's going on. Here's the weird part. After being made alive, da, 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 he went and made pro proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were dis... Now listen. To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah... While the ark was being built. There's something really important there. Our particular grammar says to those. Why is that a problem? It's a problem because there's no definite definition. There's nothing defining specifically which group of people or who those are who those are. Now, those by definition is that group right there. That word is not in the Greek. Now, I, I looked this up in the commentary, and it's important. I know you're like, it's an article, dude. It's just a, like a the or a them or a those. <laughs> it's No, it's super relevant, and I'll tell you why. Because from the context, and if you look at, and I pulled this up in Ellicott's commentary for English readers. You can look it up yourself. Uh, verse uh, 1 Peter 3.20. He says, he alludes to the fact that it sounds like Jesus went to speak to all races. Let that sink in for a second. All races. So there's the human race. 
There's definitely the angelic race. And the angelic race. Those are the only two. I mean, there's the Nephilim race. There's a hybrid race. There's. I mean, Nephilim could also be. We've talked about this many times, and we're not going to go dive headfirst into it. But there's a chimeric race, which is a A blend between angelic beings and animals. I'm not making this stuff up. This stuff is clear as day in the Bible, and there's plenty of evidence for it. Um, So the question is, (laughs) the question is, why in the world, or (laughs) I was the only time I can get away with it, why in hell did Jesus (laughs) go down, right? Why in hell? (laughs) Why in heaven and hell, if you guys want to say it that way. Why in hell and heaven did Jesus go to these places to do this? Well, clearly, so that he could fill the entire universe. That is so freaking cool to me. That just is really cool uh, as a side note. But so hard to understand. What what I want you guys to think about, I don't have really super specific answers for you. That's not what today's talk is about. Uh, today is, is talking about what we're celebrating with the Passover. If Christ went and sacrificed himself on the cross, decided to go to hell, proclaim to the, to the imprisoned spirits that were disobedient long ago while God was patiently waiting for Noah to build the ark, right? Um, what was the purpose there? Is there redemption there for them? I mean, clearly God says that he apportions grace, Christ apportions grace as he sees fit. So I'm not telling you guys what to think. I'm telling you to think about what is being said here. Because God doesn't have any reason to say uh, the Jews and uh, the Gentiles when he's talking about races. All of us know there's a human race. It's, we're all the same race. Although politics would have you believe otherwise right now. Right. There is only one race, and it is the human race as far as humans are concerned. Now, there are Nephilim, and those are... All different sorts of races. So is that who God's talking about? Is that who we went to go talk to? I, frankly, I don't know. I mean, definitely the 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 angels that were disobedient. I don't know what he went to go proclaim right. to them. Or what, what group of people he or would take with him. Or if those are the captives he took captive. Correct. Which which begs the question, why would he take them out of hell? Where, would he, where was he taking them to? Mm-hmm. What was really he doing with them? I mean, he's God. I'm not. I'm not questioning why. He can do like, what he wants. I'm not questioning his own particular motives. I'm just saying I don't. I don't understand them personally. Um, historians, theologians, all over have some serious questions about this. Now, I am making the offer. If you guys know more about this, please tell me. What we can glean, however, is what God did when he went down to hell after he sacrificed. And the reason, these are the reasons that, that Pesach, uh, sorry, Pesach existed in the past, right? After, after the, the Jews were, were freed from, from Egypt. And then the actual full sacrifice for the Passover itself, Pesach was paid when Christ died on the cross, but then he got the keys 
to heaven and hell, right? So we know that that's what he went. We know that that at least we know that that's what he went down there for. Right. The other stuff, uh, we know what he did. We don't know why he did it necessarily, and exactly who gets the grace and why they get the grace. But the things we know are the following: Jesus gave grace to each of us as he apportioned it, uh, both on this earth and <laughs> everywhere else. Um, he uh, went everywhere to fill the creation. What's that? Said, uh, the universe, all of creation. That's exactly what I was about to say. He filled the whole universe. And he brought with him a group of resistant, quote-unquote, cap- captives. Um, up, to, up to the highest. Weirdest part is that he went above the highest heavens. That's what it says. Hmm. I don't know. That's, that's food for so thought, maybe. man. Um, I guess what I'm saying here is Pesach, Pesach is so much more than eternal life. That's just the cherry on top, man. And what is God protecting? The word says that God is protecting us, right? That 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 was his purpose in coming for us. Protecting us from whom? And from what? Protecting you because you don't want to get fired at work? Protecting you because, you know, you don't want to get divorced from your wife? Or protecting because your kid, you know, is, is stuck on, hooked on drugs? Right. Certainly. Certainly. But that's not our adversary. Our adversary hates us, That's despises right. us. Um, to not get too far ahead of myself, we are despised by angelic beings that have chosen to, um, what's the word, ally themselves together against God. That's right. These are the kings of earth that uh, I believe to the kings of earth that that conspire to to fight against God in the last battle. And they have made their position extremely well known. So the fact that I don't think about their opinions about me is a problem. I should very heavily weigh the fact that they have very strong opinions about who I am and what I am. And not be afraid about it, but suit up. No. Because that's, that's what Paul was telling us. When he told us we're not wrestling flesh and blood. And then what did he say? Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil. Mm-hmm. You know, he he told us. And why did he say that? Was it an allegory? Was it metaphorical? How many Certainly times not. how many times does Paul tell us that our enemy is out to destroy us, kill, still, and destroy, roaring lion, um, mm-hmm. as we said earlier. Um, where it, it, he wasn't talking in metaphor, but we treat it like it in the churches, yeah. in our lives. Well, and I think we do that, Shell, because we don't know what to do with it because it requires us to sit, think, pray, ponder, reflect. Uh, all things Study that to show American, ourselves approved. Correct. Correct. All things that Americans don't want to do. And not just Americans. I mean, that's, I harp on Americans right. all the time because I live here. West, but I shoot. would say Westerners, but it's probably most of mankind that have, well, Correct. at least any part of mankind that has free time, which is definitely Westerners. Goodness gracious, yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, so 
we'll be breaking that down a whole lot more. Like yeah. Ricky and I, <laughs> this, this is the meat. This is where we want to go. But again, like we said, um, foundation is vital to us. And the very first thing. And, and frankly, um, I know we didn't really get to get into the meat of uh, Beisach in communion, right? With, with Christ we but, will. And, and the similarities and, and stuff there. But I do want us to talk about real quick. Um, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add before I do this part, Shell. Um, do about that part. I, we just need to bump over to Revelation five before mm. we finish. I'll let you finish with that. Out. <laughs> yeah, let's, I'll let you finish with that. So, um, communion. Communion is a composed word, which means common union. Uh, it's not rocket science. I'm sure you could have figured it out yourself, but. Um, it is something that needs to be practiced with the body of believers. Oh yeah. To be able to have uh, common that's union. the common union. Right. Correct. Can't be in Correct. unity with your, just yourself. That's just you. Yeah. And, and the reason I mentioned this is because when this drops, if you're a Christian and you're watching this, which more than likely you are a Christian, if you're watching this, and uh, if not, welcome. You, and if not, woo, come on in. Um, thanks for watching. Honestly, that's, that's great. Uh, you've put up with us for two hours now. Yeah. Um, uh, we're almost done. We're almost done. Um, I would say, man, like meditate on this, meditate on the fact that Christ was brutalized so that we could be with him and have a common union with, with him and our brothers. That's what he desires. He desires us to be his family. He desires us to come into that. And if I can overstep my bounds just a teensy bit, talking about the divine counsel, that's where God wants us. That's right. That's where Adam was. That's where was. he desires us. That's where Adam was. He was yeah. reigning and ruling with his wife, right? Walking around the garden or potentially uh, imagining a place and closing his eyes and being transported to that place. I mean, that time was not a dimensionality was not a problem for Adam right. before, before the fall. Um, God desires that again with us. And he, he desires, like his word says, do you not know, Paul says, do you not know that you will judge angels? That's right. You think about that. Um, God desires us to be on the council with him. I, I'm not going to go much farther than that because there's a whole lot to, to unpack there. But when he says that we're heirs to the throne, he means we're heirs to the throne. Like some heavy stuff. That's all I wanted to say about communion. So as you take that's, it, remember that's that that's, really that's God's good. intention for you. Mm -hmm. And I think what Make Rick was, was saying before I kind of interrupted him is find a church body. Amen. Don't, don't let something like this be your church. We, hmm. we are believers with you and we want to reason together. Absolutely. But God is very specific when he says, don't forsake the coming together with other believers. Like some people would do. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we need it's so people. funny. Yes. It's very, I can't remember where it is in the new Testament. There's, there's also a Psalm that says, Oh, how, how, 
how wonderful it is to uh, when the, the brethren come together. Yeah, behold how good um, and how pleasant it is yes, for brethren to dwell in pleasant. unity. But it's funny because Paul talks about, I can't remember where he talks about it. You're going to remember better, Michelle. But he says, don't be like, uh, I don't know if he says hypocrites exactly, but he says basically, you know, don't think that you not attending with the brethren, being all together in in in, in common, right? having things in common and worshiping in common. This is not a new practice. Like Paul calls people out. He's like, this is not new guys. Like there's tons of, of people that want to get all esoteric and higher than everyone else all the time. I'm guilty of it. You know, that's sometimes when I'm like, do I really got to do the same thing over and over. But you know what? Frankly, there's plenty of, especially music, man, music wise. When I go to church, I have, I've told, people so many times are like wow do you like this song i'm like i like the lyrics you know i think the song is cool it's not what i would choose to listen to at all but it doesn't really matter because i'm coming into god's presence to find him to glorify I'm not going him to church to be certainly i'm not going to church to listen right. to music believe me <laughs> believe me over and then some absolutely i know my friend justin was talking um, last Sunday about that. Don't go into church being like, oh, I hope they play my favorite song. If they do, I'll really get my worship on or blah, blah, blah. Ooh. Right? Don't don't go in looking for a movement of the Holy Spirit. Go in looking. Go in. Before you get out of your vehicle, reread Isaiah 53. Try to read it out mm. loud in your car and then Oof. go in and see where your focus is. Because Ooh. you know what? It's not going to be on whether they did your favorite song the right way or whether yeah. the best singer that you like the most is up there leading today or not or whether the air conditioner is set right or your heater, you know, if you're one of those unfortunate people in a cold state. <laughs> Refer back to Texas. Um, go in wanting to tell the one who loves you enough to literally die to be with you what you think about his sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make everything better in your life. There's still hard things. Life is still life. But it's infinitely better being obedient to God. I Man, I wish I could share with you how good it is. There's some song. I can't even tell you if it's a dude or a chick who sings it right now. Um, if you listen to Christian radio, uh, you'll, you'll probably know it. Um, it's a poppy song. You know, very pop-ish. And he says, I give you an inch and you take me a mile. Talking about a little bit. Give God a little bit. Sliver. Man, he will take you, apparently, to the universe. <laughs> According to, was that, that was in Peter, right? First Peter 3? First Peter 3, verse, no, sorry, Ephesians 4. Oh, that was Verse Ephesians 4, 18, 19. 10, 10. 
Ephesians 4, 7 through 10. Let me look it up. I'll okay. make sure. I think that's right, though. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Yep. Verse 10. Okay, so we've yep. talked about the lamb that was promised. Indeed. Um, we can also refer to him as the serpent crusher. Remember, he's the one who hmm. crushes the skull of the snake. And we talked about the usurper. Is that, no, what did you say? Not usurper of death. Uh, the subjugator of death. The subjugator of death. So let's go to the lion. Hmm. And again, I'll be a little bit of a crybaby. I'm not going to apologize for it but we're going to go to revelation um john's revelation of jesus his (laughs) apocalypse his understanding john is the beloved that's how he refers to himself i was the beloved of christ is jesus beloved i was his friend his best friend he was my best friend and um, I'll set this up a tiny bit. Revelation Paul's on Patmos and he is, man, that dude went through the ringer. He had been boiled in oil, uh, beaten really inches past his life, but man, God sustained him. And um, he has now been ostracized to Patmos because they told him, quit talking about him. And he said, <laughs> Shut up. Never, never, you can't make me. Um, sorry, I have a cat being bad. Okay, you guys didn't have to witness him. We're good. Um, so I think he's missing his friend so much. And again, God is so freaking kind to us. Like, he's so kind. Um, it blows me away and it makes me weepy because he's been real kind to me this week, real kind and real kind to people that I wanted him to be kind to that. I was worried they felt I was not being kind, but I promise it was kindness and it was love, but it was not nice. And it sucked. It sucked to be a part of it. it sucked for me. It sucked for them. But it didn't suck for God. I gave him an inch, an inch of obedience. And he took my entire church a mile. And that's all I'll say about it, except that I'm honored and amazed to have been a part of it. And remember my previous statement, it sucked so bad. But I was obedient and it was hard. I won't pretend it wasn't hard. Ricky knows because Ricky knows all the aspects of this because he and Kelsey are my prayer partners. They're not my (laughs) only ones, but sometimes it's hard to to talk to other people in your church when your church is growing, going, well, growing through a thing, also going Mm. through a thing. Um, (laughs) But God is infinitely kind it's that kindness that leads people to repentance and that's a good thing to remember when we want to be judgy and it's a good thing for me to remember when i want to be judgy because i can be judgy um, and i try not to be judgy but it's easy it's easier than having red hair because yep. i have to dye it 
it's as easy as having gray hair. <laughs> That's how easy being judgy is. Right? <clears throat> so, back on track. Revelation <clears throat> 5. We're going to start at verse 4 because that sweet, kind Savior has translated John into the heavenly realm somehow. And I don't understand all the dimensions and all the realms. But like Ricky said, we were designed to live in more than the few dimensions that we recognize. Um, so... John is in this place that he can't even describe. And if you've read the book of Revelation, you know what I'm talking about. And I think <laughs> that's why God puts an extra blessing on it. It's the only blessing in the entire word of God where you get an, or the only book in the entire word of God where you get an extra blessing for reading it. So John is in this heaven that he can barely describe. And He's totes overcome as as you would be, right? I mean, hmm. how would you not be? And starting at verse 4, he, he says, And I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Then one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look closely. <laughs> The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome and conquered. He can open the scrolls and break its seven seals. And there, between the throne, with the four living creatures, and among the elders, I saw a lamb, Christ, standing, bearing scars and wounds, as though it had been slain. With seven horns, which means complete power, and with seven eyes, complete knowledge, which are the seven spirits of God who have been sent on into all the earth. And don't ask me about the seven eyes and horns, because I want that lamb not to be bearing scars and wounds, let alone seven horns and seven eyes. But the victorious... Lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, who has overcome and conquered by being the slain lamb, by being a bloodless lamb, because all of his blood was poured out for us on that hill on the Mount of Moriah, hmm. on Golgotha or Golgotha, depending on where you want to put your emphasis. On the hill of the skull. On Mount Zion. Where he's going to come again. And he's going to rule and reign. And he'll be that lion then. And he'll also be the lamb. And he definitely. Will be. The conqueror. Usurper. Subjugator. More than conqueror, super conqueror, you find whatever um, uh, word works best for you, superlative, whatever superlative mm. you can find that says <clears throat> he crushed the enemy and he reigns victorious. And he's going to do it on that same mountain where he promised that he would come. Mm -hmm. 
and where he came and bled out. It is the same place he's going to rule victoriously. That precious, precious lamb of promise. That mighty lion who has no need to open his mouth. But the one who is worthy to open all the scrolls of judgment because of what he endured. So guys, this, but man, I hope that you have the opportunity to watch this before Easter, before um, Passover, so that you can go into it with hopefully weepy eyes and tender hearts. Mm. And remembering a love that you can't talk about without immense emotion because he loves us so fiercely. He loves us even more than a mama loves her child. And that's a fierce thing. He loves us like the God who thought we were worth Jesus. Mm. On that note, blow your nose, (laughs) wipe your eyes. Yeah. Um Yeah. I guess I, I would have just say anything to add. I'm done. <laughs> I'm I guess I would just say um uh this has been a long one, but it's been good. Man, what was I gonna say? I was thinking about it just as you were you were talking. Oh, um think about the things that we said about Passover as as you think about a communion on Sunday. Um Think about who the lamb is. Think about how <clears throat> the story has been written and told over and over and over. And every time, every time God slays the giant, every single time. And it's always the least expected way. <laughs> True story. And you should take that, uh, uh, you should take that away for your own life that, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on in your life. And I don't know what giant is in your life. And I am being both figurative and or literal. (laughs) Uh, I I think it's important to to recognize that that we are on the cusp of the end of of this human time span. And man, every day I grow, I grow more longing to be to be with God. So as as you if God permits us, and we're still here on uh, Pesach of this year, <laughs> take into uh, into account this. If this, if you're watching this on Good Friday, which I hope you are, I'm going to release it at midnight, Good Friday, so everybody has a chance to watch it that morning, um, if they would like to, and just really reflect on that as as you're you're going before God. Remember that that what what He poured out is His blood. What He gives for you is His flesh. Remember that. He desires you to remove all of that yeast, all of that leaven, because when you do, if you don't, you know what leaven does? Leaven causes inflammation in the body. It makes it sick. Get rid of it all, you know, pour it out and uh, be at peace with God. That's it. I guess I do the (laughs) plugins. I would be super quick. Um, Thanks, Shell, for sharing. That's awesome. Uh, guys, please, um, 
follow up with us, I will have something here listed as a survey. Um, shoot, I don't even know what I'm going to list it about. Lion, lamb, or subjugator. <laughs> subjugator of death. Um, guys, you can support us on Patreon, as always, at, for as little as five bucks a month, or even a one-time gift if you'd like to. We would greatly appreciate it. We covet even more than your gifts, your prayers. Mm-hmm. But both are welcome. Um, please follow us at solo.to slash the CTDW, which will probably be at the bottom of Shelly's screen <laughs> on the right-hand corner as I am growing accustomed to putting it there. Uh, so that is solo.to slash the CTDW, which you can probably clearly see listed right here. Um, that's got all our social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, TikTok. If you're a TikToker, I, frankly, I think... At, the state at which America finds itself right now. TikTok is probably the easiest way to communicate with everybody. So go look for us on there. You can find us as always at slash the CTDW. Uh, that's who we are. That's we are the Christian theological dark web. You can also email us at the Christian theological dark web at gmail.com, which is listed on our link tree as well. I have nothing else to say except we love you guys. Uh, Shalom. Oh, do you want to do the, do you, let me, I guess I'll read the blessing as always. Read the blessing. It's like, that is a blessing the ironic blessing that cannot be avoided or forgotten right, right the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face toward you and give you peace shalom maranatha shalom. and all the rest oh maranatha come lord jesus amen love you guys thank you for watching this episode of the Christian Theological Dark Web. For questions or comments, please email us at thechristiantheologicaldarkweb at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, please look for the Patreon link in the description. This has been another production of CTEW Studios. Thank you.